0: Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Steadfast Sermon Series, which looks at the different areas in the Christian life in which we are called to be steadfast. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. As we come to John 13, we kind of need to remember just a little bit about what's taking place. If you know the passage, you'll know that this would, John 13 would be taking the place the night before Jesus is going to be crucified. And so if he was crucified on a Thursday, this would be Wednesday night. If crucified on a Wednesday, this would be Tuesday night. And uh, they've just finished a meal. They finished actually partaking of a, a real meal, the feast. And uh, following that time, Jesus talked about who was going to betray him. All twelve would be in the room. Judas was—he would leave the room. Judas would leave the room, and of course, uh, Christ then would institute the Lord's table. Following instituting the Lord's table, what we might call communion, uh, following starting that, Jesus would begin teaching a number of truths to the disciples, and the the teaching or the truths that he would give would actually last from John thirteen. All the way to John 17, the end of John 17. Uh, it's an amazing portion of scripture, and there's so much. It's, it's just so rich with helpful thoughts for our life and uh, with things from Christ. And so they finish eating and they finish partaking of the Lord's table, and they're sitting there, and Jesus sits back and he, he says, Guys, I'm going to give you a new commandment, a new command that you love one another. Now, <clears throat> Before we really get into the outline, we need to point out something, that when Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, we need to figure out what's new about this. Because it was not new that they were to love people. That was given, actually, in Leviticus 19, it's given that they're supposed to love people just like them. So the people of Israel, here's what it says. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. This was a a command, of course, given in the Old Testament to the Jews. Hey, love other Jews. That's the command. Love other Jews. Don't avenge, you love. All right, well, they're supposed to love Jews, but then the command was also to love enemies. Leviticus 19.34, it says this, But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. For ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So now, in the Old Testament, they're commanded to love people, love Jews, but also love the stranger, love those that aren't of our company. Okay, so that, that's not the new part. God's people have always been commanded to love. But what's new about it is what follows the command. Notice what it says in John 13, 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That's what's new. Love one another as I have loved you. The new part, Jesus is saying to them, the new part in this command is you need to love just like I love. Loving wasn't new But loving like Christ was new. You see, up up until this point, the love that really in anybody's life, but specifically in our passage, the Jews only knew the love that they had been taught. Now you say, well, what is that? The Jews knew and they were familiar with what many would call a self absorbed love. And that's what a lot of us know, know before we know Christ. What is this self-absorbed love? It's loving people that you choose to love. Loving people that maybe you would see as equals or people that could offer you something, but not just loving everybody. Within the Jewish culture and really within the Roman culture that was a heavy influence on Jews in Israel at this time, that was very common. You love people that you could get something from or you love people who were your equals. This is what they were accustomed to. The disciples sitting in this room, they would have been accustomed to that type of love. Why? Because they had seen this in the religious elite, right? The Pharisees, let's think of what we know very quickly about the Pharisees. We know from the New Testament and the Old Testament, the Pharisees were those, they loved other Pharisees and they loved other religious people. But when a Gentile walked in, the Pharisee walked out. When a sinner walked in, the Pharisee walked out. It could even be somebody who was a Gentile and became a Jew. The Pharisee would still walk out. You think about the prayers that we read about in Matthew when Jesus talks about the two, the Pharisee and the publican, that go before the Lord. They're both believers and followers of God. The Pharisee claimed his own goodness. The publican in humility bowed before the Lord. But do you remember what the Pharisee said? He said, God, I thank you that I'm not like the publican. All right, that's the love that the disciples knew. That's the love they were accustomed to. They loved people who were just like them. They loved people who could help them. But if you were different than them, or if you were not of them, then you were not deserving of their love. It was cultural. So then you have Christ coming and commanding them to love them with a different type of love, with his love. And so for the next few minutes, I want us to look at his love and just understand some thoughts about what it means to love like Jesus. I want you to notice, first of all, the extent of his love, the extent of the love of Christ. What is the extent of his love? What is the size of his love? This is awesome. I never knew this until studying for this message. I want you to go back to John 13 and verse number one. Go back to John 13, verse number one. We read these words. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them. What's the next three words? Unto the end. He loved them unto the end. Now, I always thought, well, that just means he loved them up to the cross and even after that, unto the end of his life. But when you look up that phrase, unto the end, the word unto the end, it means this. It means to the max, to the limit, and to eternity. That's what the phrase means. To the max, to the limit, and to eternity. It means that in every sense of the phrase, Jesus loved them with a limitless capacity. He loved them to the end of time. He loved them to the end of love. He loved them to the, there was, there's no limit to it, that his love had no limit. It means in the very sense, again, that it was a limitless capacity. One man said it this way, and I love how he summarized it. It is a love that knows no qualitative limit, and it knows no quantitative limit. He loved his own who were in the world as much as it was possible for the eternal God to love. And to the degree that he is eternal and we are eternal, his love is eternal. It is the most magnanimous, limitless statement about his love in Scripture. He loved his own unto the end. It was limitless. His love has no limits. The extent of his love, it's far-reaching and it's never ending. That's hard. Cuz the Bible says that you're supposed to love people like he loves. That means you need to love with a limitless love that knows no limits and has no end. But our love has limits, doesn't it? As a matter of fact, this kind of love, it's really impossible. I mean, his love is limitless and our love is not. We can't offer, we, we cannot offer a limitless love. We can't offer a love with this type of extent. But the awesome part about it is we don't have to. You see, because when Jesus said, I want you to love as I loved, later he would teach them, I want you basically to let me love through you. Here's what Jesus said through Paul in Romans 5. The hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. You see, you and I, we cannot love people with a limitless love, but Christ can love people like that through us. Why? Because his love is shed abroad in our heart. You and I, we now, when you know Christ, you have a new capacity to love. We can love in a way that only he can love and only believers can love that way. Non-believers, non-believing people, they have certain levels of love and affection in marriage and in their families and certain levels on the job and and those kind of things. But the kind of love that belongs to those who know Christ is a, it's a transcendent love. It's a transcendent love of the will that's affected by a soul that has the power of God upon it. 1 Peter 4, 8, we're challenged to above all things have fervent charity. The word fervent there is the Greek word "extens," uh, uh, which means stretching a muscle as far as it'll go. So we have to have a love that reaches beyond us. The extent of our love must be and should be limited, limitless. Well, I can't love by love like that. You're right. You need God. You need His Him to love through you. I see an extent of His love, but then I see the example of His love very quickly. In this passage throughout his life excuse me in this passage and throughout his life Jesus did not just say to love he gave us an incredible example in it the very first example that I can think about would be about the fact that he humbled himself. first uh, excuse me, Philippians 2: five through8, "Let this mind be in you," which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, what did he do? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Can I just tell you, in order to love like him, we have to have a humble heart. You can't love like Jesus with pride. I was praying this morning and uh, every every Sunday morning you could come early if you want and and I'd pray with you and I usually am just right here at the altar and I just try to spend some time in prayer every Sunday and that's been what I've done since we started the church. And I was praying this morning and I go through a prayer list and almost all of your names are on that prayer list and I pray for our church family every Sunday and pray for the day and pray for our teachers and our staff and just, just praying through a lot. This morning I was praying and I've just redone my prayer list to kind of get out of my routine, and so I reorganized it all. And I was praying past one part where I was just praying for for the Holy Spirit to just give give me a fresh anointing. God, just, just be real in my life. And as I was praying that, you know what I thought? I thought, how many times have I stopped God working fresh in my life because of my pride? Because you and I need to know this, that when there's pride... God is miles away. If we do anything in pride, God look, or people look at me, or I'm doing this for me, God says, I'm not touching that. And we can get up and teach and preach, get up and lead singing, get up and, and be an usher, we can be a greeter, we can be in hospitality, we can do the nursery, we can do a lot of things, but when we do it with pride, we can guarantee God's not in it. Because he said, I resist the proud. I can't be around that. And so I just say that you and I, we cannot love like Christ until we humble our own heart. Humble our heart to say, God, I want to love like you. And God, I don't want to be seen in this. God, I don't want to love because you demanded this of me. God, I want to love like you love. And I humble my heart asking you to do it through me. We see his humility. That's where this love starts. But then in our passage, I want you to see this. In our our passage, there's a... The example of his love is just all throughout John 13. And so look at this real quick, and notice with me that his love, first of all, is, is a love that lasts. All right, we saw that. John 13, 1, we already saw and spoke about the limitlessness, but we also need to see that it's never ending. Man, God's love for you is never going to go away. There's, I say it often, there's nothing you could do or not do that would cause God to love you any more or any less than he does right now and will forever. His love for you, is, it's, it's a love that lasts. Number two, it's a love that serves. Man, a Christ-like love is a love that serves. John 13, 4 and 5, He riseth from suffer, laid, his, his garment, laid aside his garments, took a towel, girded himself, and after that he poureth uh, water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and wiped them with a the towel wherewith he was girded. You know what Jesus did after serving, or excuse me, after uh, eating with these men? He got up and he served them. He washed their feet. It's a love that serves. It's a love that teaches. You know what Jesus did? John 13, uh, verse 10, Jesus saith unto him, he that, is wash, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean everywhere, And ye are clean, but not all. And, and from there, Jesus begins to teach the disciples. You know what Jesus did? He gave us a love that teaches, a love that cares about the growth of others around him. Jesus' love is a love that teaches, a love that serves, a love that lasts, but it's a love that's unbiased. It's a love that's unbiased. John 13, verse 11 and 12 tells us that Judas was still in the room. When Jesus Jesus got done with the meal and washed feet, Judas was still there. Do you know what that means when it says that he washed all of their feet? You know who else's feet he washed? He washed Judas' feet the one who was going to betray him, the one who he knew was going to leave from that room and sell him so that then he would endure the physical torture of the cross and everything that went along with it. And yet Jesus still washed his feet. That's mind-blowing to me because there's some people, I mean, you think about it, your worst enemy that you know is going to leave the very, very meal you're at, they're going to leave that and stab you in the back and you know it. Would you serve them or spit in their food? Seriously, I mean, we we are incapable of loving like that without God. And yet his love, it's a love that's unbiased. Notice it's a love that's aware of others. Verse 14 and 15, Jesus said, If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye ought also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done unto you. Christ was doing this because he was aware of the example that he was leaving. Christ... A, excuse me, a Christ-like love is aware of people who are watching. Truly, love was brought to another level through Jesus. You see, he was a, he was a religious leader. Rabbis didn't wash servants' feet, and yet Jesus is washing feet. Teachers didn't wash feet, and yet Jesus is washing feet. Teachers didn't stop and take time to really invest and make sure people were getting it, and yet Jesus stopped and made sure people were getting it. Here he was, their teacher, who just happened to be the son of God, loving them in a way that they had never seen done. And if you think about it, he's on the brink of offering his life as a sacrifice for sin. That's the pinnacle of love, really. I mean, John 15, 13, I said it, shared it this morning in the first service, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And there's no greater love than to die for somebody. The extent of his love, it's limitless. The example of his love, man, he gave a great example, didn't he? He helped us see that we can have a love that doesn't end. We can't have a love that serves regardless of what we get in return. We can't have a love that desires for others near us to grow in the Lord and desires to teach through words and deed. We can't have a love that's truly unbiased and a love that says, even if I don't necessarily get along with somebody, I'm going to love them. Even if their personality rubs my personality wrong, I'm going to put my personality aside. Listen, that's one thing that we don't do well. We can love people we like. But it's hard to love people we don't like. And can I just tell you one of the, uh, and I don't mean to, to be, to be uh, 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 no, I do mean to be blunt on this. So I'm just going to say it that all too often in church, we have people that we say, yeah, I go to church with them. I don't like them, but I go to church. Shouldn't be the case. The ca- can I just tell you, that ought not be the case. That shouldn't be the case. The case should be are there personalities that don't click? Yes, God created that. God created personality differences. That's okay. But you should still love people. I should still love them. None of this, well, I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not going to see them. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I mentioned months, or, uh, a few months ago, about years ago, when that man was here that wouldn't shake my hand, and he'd walk by, and, and if, if I was sitting right there, he'd walk by, and he'd literally do this. That's what he'd do. Man, I hit a point where I'm like, this is ridiculous. You know why? Because that's not love. Love doesn't avoid. Love doesn't say, well, our personalities don't mess. So no, love says it's unbiased. I love you. I care for you. Jesus gave us a great example right here. He was aware of his testimony, and Jesus had a desire to live out love and show it to them and we we can do this too because we have a great example so the example of his love greatest example ever given his love is different his love is perfect and we see the extent it's limitless but i want you to notice lastly this this afternoon very quickly the effect of his love the bible says this in john 13 35 by this by what is this it's love by this type of love By this type of love, people are going to know that you belong to me. You, loving like Jesus, is your ID tag that says, I belong to Jesus. You'll be known as being a child of God when you wear the name tag of love. It affects people around you. It affects your impact for Christ. It affects everything that you do in life when you love like Jesus. A simple thought I want to get across with this truth is this thought. When he loves, or excuse me, when we love like he loves, it truly will change our life. Loving like this, bring loving loving others this way brings him glory, points the world to him. It encourages people. Loving others with this type of love truly has an eternal effect on our life, eternal effect on our life and on the lives of those around us. I mentioned on Thursday that on Wednesday night, we got to go to Liberty Baptist Church, Pastor Dave Tice. It's a church that been 34, 35 years, and, and really just a great ministry. God's really using them in Vegas. Brother Tice was preaching, and he said this. He was preaching out of 1 Corinthians 13 about love. And he said, referring to John 13, he said, Jesus didn't say By this belief, by this stand, by this teaching, by this standard, by this preaching, by this music, by this service, by this type of Christianity, by this philosophy, by this chair color, and he went through a whole list of stuff. Jesus didn't say, by that shall all men know that you're my disciple. He said... By living out my love toward each other, shall all men know that you're my disciples. I think sometimes we put on a different name tag. We wear the wrong name tag. We want to be identified with Christ, but we want that identity to come from something that we make up. We want that identity to come from our faithfulness to church. We want that identity to come from uh, how I uh, uh, speak or how I do things. Now, does that stuff matter? Yes, it matters. But that's not how people said we would know. He, people, uh, That's not what God said how people would know we belong to God. He said by, by loving people like I love you, that's how the world will know. When we're steadfast in our love to others, we are fulfilling a wonderful command, and the Lord promises to bless it in a miraculous way. One of the best ways to really be used within a local church is to show love towards other believers. That's specifically what the passage is talking about, loving other Christians. You say, well, there's just some people that are hard to, harder to love than others. That's true, but quit depending upon your own power to love. Depend on his power. Depend on your relationship with him, and that will give you the strength to love like this. Because with God's help and God's power, we can love like him. Did you know with God's help, you can have a love that forgives? You can have a love that serves people. You can have a love that challenges and encourages people. You can have a love that invests in people. You can have a love that lasts in other people's lives, a love that is limitless, a love that reaches people, a love that prays for people, a love that glorifies God for people to see him. You and I, we truly can have a life-changing love when we allow him to love others through us. We can love just like what we read about in 1 Corinthians 13. Charity suffereth long, love suffers long, is kind, it envieth not, vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not our own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. That's a type of love that we, have, we could have. You say, well, I want to know, am I loving like this? Well, if you're loving like this, then your name would fit. Dennis suffereth long and is kind. Dennis envieth not. Dennis vaunteth not himself. Dennis Dennis is not puffed up. If I'm loving that way, then my name's going to fit right there. Why? Because it's not about Dennis. It's about the love of Jesus that's being shown through Dennis. And I just want us to understand and be challenged to be steadfast in loving as he loves. I don't know about you, and I know I talked about it a second ago in prayer, but when I die, when my life is over, I, would, I want to be able to stand before Christ. I know we're all going to bow, but at some point, I want to be able to stand and say, I did my best. God, I served you. God, I gave to you. But you know what I think would be absolutely amazing to be able to stand and say, God, I tried to love people like you love me. Because that's what's going to make a difference. And so I want to challenge you this week. Be steadfast in loving people as he loved you. My love is lasting. My love is unbiased. My love is going to serve. It's a love that forgives. And let's let God show himself to our world through our love for other people. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit Moses Lake Baptist Church.